We're going to get to work. Let's go. Father, thank you for, for just an amazing time of connecting with you. It is such a special privilege. Every time when the body gets together, whether online or at home, I'm just honored that we get to connect with you and then, um, and then see what you do with our hearts. Thanks for loving us enough to care about each and every heart. Lead us now and guide us in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Last uh, December, I, my, my whole family went to celebrate my parents' uh, 60th anniversary. And while we did that, we went to a place called Dolphin Cove. Um, if this is in Jamaica. I've never been there before, even though I've grown up there. I've never been to Dolphin Cove. So on this time I went, uh, my, my kids wanted to go. So we actually, we wanted to go to another place, and it was closed. So then we kind of stumbled into this place. And so we went, and uh, I had a great time, right? Uh, one of the experiences we had, we went to see dolphins. My son wanted to swim with a dolphin. Let the dolphin throw him up in the air. I don't know where he gets this from. I ain't never swum with no dolphin before. I don't want to swim with any dolphin. But anyways, so then, right before we went on that excursion, one of the young uh, instructors came by and said, just pointed at us, I don't know if we had like the favor of God or a beam coming down on us, but anyways, he said, would you like to swim with the stingrays? So I said, no. So I said, but my son said, oh my gosh, yes. Because he watches all these, all these animal shows on TV and knows more about animals than anybody else. So he, he wanted to go. So I said, um, um, that might not be a good idea, son. <laughs> to which he says, Dad, come on. To which I says, Joel, go on. <laughs> so Joel went down and um, the guy came and I was standing back and I said, go ahead, son. And, and, and so he goes in and he st- starts going into the water and he steps down uh, a couple steps. And the, the water's here. The stingrays weren't there yet. And then he stepped to this one and then the, the instructor starts bringing this, the stingrays over. As he brought the stingrays over, my son, uh, that was once uh, King David with his strength and power, all of a sudden decided this might not have been a good idea. <laughs> so then he starts stepping out and, and then he beckons to his dad. He said, dad, 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 come on. And in my mind, I said, fool, I told you not to play with no stingray because this is Jamaica. Ain't no ER nowhere. Ain't no hospital nowhere. You got to drive two hours or we got to take a helicopter to get to Miami. I told you in my mind. I didn't say this to the, to the young warrior. I didn't say this to him. So I said, in my mind, that's what I said. And I said, even when you get to the hospital in a third world country, you finna wait an hour before they see you. So you might be dead before you see a doctor. All that was in my mind. But I had to put a front on. So I said, the young warrior needs the daddy warrior. So I, so I, I said, oh, yeah, son, what, what's wrong? Dad, I'm afraid. I said, hey, I got this. And in my mind, Lord. 
So anyways, so, so I stepped into the first step, and I went to the second step, and he started going out, and then the stingray came by, and, 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 and his whole disposition changed, and all of a sudden, he started flap, uh, uh, wiping his hand all on the stingray, and he went toward the little tail, and, and, and I wanted to tell him, fool, you're going too far. <laughs> I didn't say that. That was all in my mind. So he kept, and then he had this great time. He's playing with the stingray, all that. And then, and then he says, uh, and then the guy says, okay, that's enough. Let's go see the dolphin. So then he comes out. So then I had a question, a very theological question. I said, son, how come your whole disposition changed? And all of a sudden you started having fun with the stingray. He says that because I know if that stingray had acted up, He said, I know that you would have taken care of business. <laughs> to which I, in my mind again, looked at God up to heaven and I said, God, <laughs> if he only knew. <laughs> the circumstances did not change. What changed everything was the presence of his dad. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but my Bible says we have a God that loves us infinitely and that wants to protect us and guide us along the way. In light of that, there is no situation that you can walk into without your dad present with you. Therefore, ladies and gentlemen, we, we either don't realize the power that our God has or we're not stepping and inviting him to come into our situation. I want to remind you of a popular verse that you have shared oftentimes, that sometimes you talk about it, but you really don't believe it. And on today, I want to continue in our series called Airplane Mode, of which we have been discussing intimacy with God. What we have suggested so far is that God desires for us to connect with him in an unhurried, intimate way. The simple way to do that, we call it, you put your headphones on, you remove the distractions so you can deal with what's important. For the Christian, that is, we're suggesting that you ought to spend some time with God in intimacy. So if I go to your house tomorrow, I want to see a chair or, 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 or a little thing where you kneel on so that you are showing the world that this is where you connect with God. To not have a place where you meet with God is to, is to say to God, you're not that important to me. Because if you have a best friend, the reason they're your best friend is because you spend time with them. And in the same way, if God's going to be your best friend, then, then you need to spend time with him. The challenge for us is that too many times we spend in so much time with our device and not with the divine. The challenge is that you cannot leave this thing alone. And because you can't, it interrupts your time with God. Let you forget your cell phone somewhere. It is like you're an addict. Your cell phone's over there. (laughs) 
you will pack down yourself everywhere to make sure. And then if you realize that it's at home, you will risk losing your job to go get that device. No, you don't search that hard for God. You don't miss God when you forget to spend time with him. But let it be a device. Ah, let it be that you don't know if somebody pinged you on Instagram or you missed the latest tweet. You, you, you can't survive without it. But oftentimes we think we can survive without God. Today I want to remind you as to why this thing called intimacy is so very important for the believer. And if you're not spending time with God, why you have no power associated with that. Ladies and gentlemen, the verse I want to bring up early is, is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now, you preach this verse, you quote this verse, you have it on your screensaver, you tell it to everybody, you share it to people, and you have no idea what it means. So let me mess the verse up for you. So you put it in its right context. Will you stand with me? Let's read just two verses today. Let's see if you can get through these two. Everybody want to know that my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you need. And you love to preach it with reference to what you want. And that is not the context in which it was taught. But you love to preach, I love to preach stuff out of context so that I can will my way into something that is my desire even if it's not God's desire. So I'm gonna tell you God's desire for this verse in a moment. And I'm going to let you quote it from now on correctly and not incorrectly. So read it with me now because Paul had to make up a word to describe who God is. He had to make up a word. This word ain't nowhere else. So here we go. Read it with me. Him who is to do. Stop right there. Far. More. Abundantly, beyond. You could have just said, a God, who could have, a God who can do, is able to do more than you can ask or think. But that's for humans. Because your God is so omnipotent, because your God is so sovereign, because your God uh, exudes glory, then he's not just far more. He is far more abundantly. And then that's not, still not good enough, Paul says. He's far more abundantly, and when you get to the end of abundantly, he still goes beyond that. That's the God you serve. That's the kind of power the God you serve has. Paul is reminding you. It's, it's actually a prayer between um, doctrine and duty, 4 through 6, doctrine 1 through 3 of Ephesians. Paul ends chapter 3 in this prayer, and then he's about to now go tell you, Here's how you get the power to live out what I'm going to tell you to do in 4, 5, and 6. 4, four he talks about relationships in the church. 5, uh, five going into 6, he talks, about, he talks about in marriage. So when you get to your marriage, he says, God is able to do far more abundantly beyond what makes you happy. The reason you can stay even when you're mad is because God can give you far more abundantly above. He got that kind of power. You don't want to say amen to that, huh? Hmm? But that's the context of the verse. 
We love to claim it for a job. We love to claim it for everything else. But we don't love to claim it in the context in which God gave it to us. Which is, I'm going to empower you to live a life that the world can never understand. That's the kind of power I got. So anyways, he goes, beyond all we can or according to the that works, where does the power work? One more time, everybody, all campuses, where does the power work? That means there's something on the inside that should burst forth in your mind and in your heart that then bursts forth into your actions. That's what he's saying. He said, I got a power within. It's already there because he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. So it's already, once you got saved, if you know Jesus, it's already rooted there. So now he says, I can give you that to go. It will blow your mind what I can do if you spend time with me. Because this is driven where? On the inside. So if you want to develop God on the inside, the only way to do that is with intimacy. He continues, next verse. He continues to say, to him be the glory where in the church. That's you. So Paul is praying. He's on his knees. He's begging God, will you please let them see who you are so they realize that their job is to show the world what love is. He continues this by saying it needs to show itself in the church. In other words, all of us need to walk out of here today and we need to show people what God looks like. So when they cut you off going outside the parking lot today, you need, when they cut you, you need to cut love. When they tick you off, you need to bleed love. When your kids get on your last nerve, you need to bleed love. Why? Because he says, that's Paul's desperate prayer for every believer. Here's why. Because they will know that you're my, my, my disciples by their love. Let me say it another way. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So whenever somebody make you mad, don't get mad at them. Because they're bringing up something and they're behaving from the outside, you are, from the outside in. What it really means is you haven't spent enough time with Jesus. Because the more time you spend with Jesus, they shouldn't have that reaction out of you. The more time you spend with Jesus, when they, when they, when they take you off, you're going to take the log out of your eye before you look at the speck in theirs. Oh, I'm preaching today. Um, glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to forever. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Lord, have mercy. So here's what we've said so far. So far, what we've said is that if you want to hear the voice of God, there's a pathway to do it. This is all review now. And what we've said in your notes is 
The four things you should do. You should set an appointment and meet with God. You should be still and worship God. You should pray and read. And you should listen and write. There ought to be a set time where you know you and God's going to hang out. And this is the pathway that you go. Some of you got so mad at me last week because I didn't spell out the word space for you. So when you, go to, when you go to listen and write, when you go to read, pray and read, this is what you're supposed to ask the text, okay? Let's go to space for me. Space says, what are the sins that I need to admit when I read this text? What are the promises that I need to claim? What are the actions I need to take? What are the commandments I need to follow? And what are the examples that I need to emulate? Ladies and gentlemen, whenever you go to the text, don't just go to the text um, with, with, with no expectation. You want to go and you want to read. And when you're reading, you ought to ask yourself these five questions. And when you do, the, 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 the resources from the text will leap out at you because you'll clearly see the things you did that this person did. You'll clearly see promises that you need to claim, action that you need to take, commandments you need to follow, and examples you need to emulate. That's our job. When we go to the text. By the way, why are we doing this again? We're doing it to get close to God so we can cultivate intimacy with God. That's the foundation I've laid for the last three weeks. There's two more things I want to say and then we get to what we want to talk about today. When you get to these four and you're writing and you're reading and you're asking yourself the space questions, then there are two things that I had not addressed yet, which I'm going to touch on real briefly today. You must come with spiritual expectations. You must also come with your time with God with posture and position. In other words, when you go, you mustn't just stumble into your, into your time with God talking about, oh, I just barely met you, God. Who do you got? Who do you got today? Who you got today? No, no, no. There must be expectation. When you come to your time with God in your chair, you must have an expectation. God, I cannot wait to see what you have for me today. God, I can't wait to see what kind of day you have prepared for me today. And in light of the day you prepared, I can't wait to see what you're going to tell me that's going to guide me to get through my day today. So God, I cannot wait for our time this morning. So as I jump into the Word, will you reveal to me what kind of day this is going to be and how I need to gird myself up to face whatever comes my way? There is a certain, there's a certain expectation that you need to go to the text with. Number two, there's a certain posture. A posture is, God, I can't, you can, so will you help me to decrease so you can increase in my life today? That's the spirit that we go to our time alone with God with. And if you don't, then you're not having an expectation. Let me show you in Habakkuk chapter 2. Children of Israel are going through a hard time, and now they come and watch what the prophet does. He says, watch what he does. I will stand on my guard post. Because he's interceding, he's standing. And station myself on the rampart. That's high above the drama that's going down here. So I'm not going to stay in the drama and look for you, God. I'm going to get as high as I can get because I need to rise above the drama of the culture so I can see what God has to say. Then he continues, and I will keep watch to see, watch this now, to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproached. Listen, here's all he's saying. He said, I got to go high because I got to get out of what they can see. 
Then number two, he says, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to see you, and I'm expecting to hear from you, so I'm getting high to remove the noise so I can hear you. When you get to your chair, you're doing the exact same thing. God, I have an expectation, and my expectation is to see what you have in store for me today. God, I have a, I have a disposition. My, my position is that I want to humble myself so I can completely depend upon you. Ladies and gentlemen, when you go to your time, on next week, everybody's going to get one of these that's now designed on your front page, but you're going to get a full card that everybody will get next week so that you know what your time with God is. And wherever, you're, wherever that chair is or wherever that room is that you've given to God, then you're going to put this up right beside it, and you know the, the pattern that you need to follow every day. Now, that's all review. Let's get to new content. So now here's what he's saying. So far, all I've been challenging you on is spiritual intimacy. My goal today is to show you the purpose of spiritual intimacy. The purpose of spiritual intimacy is not intimacy. The purpose of spiritual intimacy is authority. Now come on over here. He says, I want you, I want you, Genesis, in the book of Genesis, the reason I've created you is so that you can subdue the earth. But we don't talk about that because that sounds too far-fetched. And when you're smart, and when you have degrees from Harvard and Yale and MIT, and, 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 and when you've got a, a degree, general degree, and a, a postdoctorate degree, and, and when you have all these degrees, you can have a tendency to think you can do it and not God. So here's what this passage is going to teach us. Spiritual intimacy creates spiritual capacity, which creates spiritual authority. In other words, the first one expands the second one, which then expands the third one. If you don't have this one, then you won't have capacity, and then you won't have authority. God's given all of us a purpose. Your purpose is limited to your capacity, which means if you don't have intimacy, then there's some stuff God wants to do but can't do because you have not readied yourself with intimacy to increase what he wants to do, and then you sure enough don't have the authority to speak things into being. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, mercy, mercy. Um, a spiritual father tells this incredible story of when um, um, he, he and about 25 pastors are teaching at this conference. It's an outdoor stadium in California, and he talks about it, and he says that rain was coming, 25,000 people is in the audience, and then all the pastors pray, and they pray real spiritual prayers like, dear God, I just pray that you will hold the rain back if it is your will. In Jesus' name, amen. About 10 pastors prayed that, and then a little lady, short, you know, short lady, she comes up, and she's, and she's from Africa, but she's in America now. She comes up, and, 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 and she says, is it okay if I pray? And then this lady says, no, Lord, we are preaching your gospel to people that need to hear the gospel and get saved. God, that's all in your word. That's what you called us to do, and that's what you have purposed us to do. So, God, listen now. So, God, I command you. All the pastors are like, oh, God, you don't command God. You don't command God. You just don't do that. You don't. No, 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 no. Is there going to be a lightning bolt on us? She says, God, I command you, based on the authority of your word, that you will hold this rain back so we can do what you commanded us to do. This is a true story. Ladies and gentlemen, the rain started to fall, I mean drizzle, and one of the pastors came over to offer her an umbrella. She said, 
excuse. I just pray that God's going to stop that. I don't need no umbrella. It is not going to rain up in here. She pushed the umbrella away. To everybody's surprise, the rain came right up to the stadium, divided Every car on the parking lot was wet and that stadium was dry in the name of Jesus. Here is why that kind of prayer gets answered. Because that lady got spiritual intimacy which led to capacity which gave her spiritual authority. And what I want to know is where the Christians that have such intimacy with God that now they can speak God's word into being. All right, you know, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Keep your little, keep your little applause, keep your little applause, keep your little applause. The challenge we have today is, what we have today is people trying to have intimacy with God with a thimble. So this, this pool represents the vastness of all that God has. And you spending three minutes with him this morning... Talking about, yeah, God. Yeah, God. Yeah, that's because this is the only capacity you got. So when, when drama comes your way and you pour it out, you empty. The devil laughs at you and say, what you got? That's all you got? And now you empty. You have nothing to fight with because your capacity is limited. Jesus, help us today, God. But Lord, have mercy. Some of you walk back. Some of you talk about, well, pastor, that ain't me. That ain't me. And you foolishly compare yourself to other Christians instead of Jesus. So this year, well, pastor, I mean, I, spent, I mean, I didn't do it every day. But two days this week, I got some time with God. I got some time with God. So you got a little more. You got a little more. So he said, see, look at God. Look at God. And your kids show up. Your kids show up. I'm not going to show it on the, on the, I'm done. Your kids show up. Your kids show up and make you mad. They take half of it. And then you go to work and on your way to work, all of a sudden, all the lights turn red. So now you're mad at the dude who controlling the lights. Now you're gone. So by the time you get to work today, when the next person get on your last nerve, you use the phrase, don't let being a Christian fool you. I will cuss you out. That's because you have little intimacy, so you have little capacity. But Lord have mercy. When you get serious with God, and you say to God, now look at here, God. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. And you say, God, I'm going to stay in this water because I need you, God, and I need you today. I don't want to live this life without you. When you try to fill up with God, it gets so heavy, you can't hold it all. So then you say, now God, look at here. I'm ready to go. Your kids tick you off. Your husband tick you off. The, uh, the, the person who, the school crossing person tick you off. She got to let every one of them kids pass and you late to work. <laughs> that might be a little too close to me. Hold on. A little too close. And then you get to, you're on your way to, to drop these kids off on the school bus in front of you, talking about stop, and you got to stop behind them. I wish you were in Jamaica, ain't nobody stopping. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
You get to work and your employees making you mad, but because you're filled with intimacy, you have the capacity so that when they cut you, you can still show them love. We got too many Christians with very little capacity. It's the point of the whole text. Go back to chapter 3, verse 14. Let's see how, how quickly we can get out of here. Come on. Uh, here's what he says. Watch it. Paul is pleading with God. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Next verse. For whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Next verse. <clears throat> that he, watch this now. That he would grant you. He's praying. He's pleading. He's begging. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Number one. To be strengthened with power through his spirit. Where? That's not everybody. Where? That's here. The inner man, the inner man, the inner man, the inner man. What's the next text? The next verse. Here's what it says. It says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You see, the problem is many of us, Christ don't dwell. That is to make at home. That is so that he has access to every room in your life. So that there's no secret rooms. There's just rooms that God has full access in. That's why whenever you start quenching the spirit, it's because you've closed that door to God. And if you close a door to God, then you have limited your capacity. The more doors you close, the less capacity you have. So now God wants to do great things through you, but you haven't given them access. It's like when somebody comes to your house and you're talking about, yeah, come on in, have a seat. What you mean is you better not leave this room. This room needs that. When somebody comes to your house and they're talking about, well, let me see your bedroom. Well, let me see your bathroom. No, no, baby girl. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. He continues, he says, he says, he says, um, that and that you may be rooted and grounded in what everybody? Love. Next verse, here we go. So that Christ, no, next verse, yeah, may be able to comprehend. He wants you to understand with all the saints what is the breadth, length, and height, and depth. Next verse. And to know what? The love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be, this is his whole point that you may be filled up to all the fullness of Let me show you how it works. Go to my chart for me. You see, all of us are made about three parts. The inner self, which is the spirit which communicates with God. The soul, which communicates with ourselves, And the body, which communicates with the environment. The problem with most Christians is they live their lives from outside in, not inside out. So most Christians, their flesh tells them what to do and they respond, not their spirit. What is he asking? He's asking, he's begging God, let them strengthen them in the inner man, the spirit that communicates with God. So the spirit informs the soul and the soul informs the body. So now, even though I feel like acting a fool, I'm not going to because my spirit man overcomes my soul, which then influences my body. Ah, let me help you. Let me help you, let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. See, part of the challenge is that some of you, when you go, yeah, when you, go, when you come to church and when you interact with God, what you're trying to do is, without you knowing it, here we go, you say you connected to God. Perfect. So now, you say you're connecting with God, and so you got, you got one outlet the reason you have one outlet is because you don't spend enough time with God, which means as soon as you get a bad report, all of a sudden the one outlet is taken up. But the more time you spend with God, 
The more time you spend with God, the more outlets you have. The more outlets you have, the more drama you can deal with and you still show the love of God. So don't get mad because you got one outlet at the person. Get mad at yourself because you ain't spending enough time in the chair with God to increase your capacity so you can handle more that the devil throws your way. What we got is Christians wanting to blame everybody else for their drama instead of blaming themselves for not spending more time with God. The other day I went home and my sprinklers weren't working. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a sprinkler guy. That's how I got to this country. I was, I was doing some sprinkler stuff after my soccer scholarship fell through. So I know sprinklers now. I know sprinklers. So I noticed my sprinklers weren't coming on, and it was resulted in my grass being dead. So I said, oh, no, we got to deal with this mess. No, no, no. I'm a sprinkler guy. I'm a grass guy. I, my grass needs to be green. Any part of this church where the grass ain't green at any campus, I get, I get spiritually ticked off. So, um, right, so, so my, I, I checked my sprinkler heads to see what was going on. They were functioning right. So I'm like, I called my boy out. I said, hey, man, I, I, my sprinkler stuff's not working. I, I, I checked all my sprinklers. He says, you don't have a sprinkler problem. I said, what you mean? He said, you have a power problem. I said, no, I don't. So I went to my, my, my controller, and I'm looking at my controller, and I'm working my controller to see how it's working and, how, and all that, and it wouldn't work. So I said, dude, I don't, have a con- I don't have a problem. And he said, yes, you do. So then I went to my backyard, and it's all dug up. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Ain't nobody asked you to dig up nothing. <laughs> so I'm digging it up. So I said, what are you digging it up for? He says, because, here we go now. He says, because, Mr. Landscape Expert, he says, because you're trying to get power when the power has been cut. So if you have no intimacy, why do you expect power? If you've cut the power source off by not spending time in your chair with Jesus, then why you expect power to show up when there has been no connection? And God is saying, how you want me to show up in your life and give you what you want, but you don't want to spend any time with me. You spend more time with a palm reader You spend more time talking to your sisters than you talk to me. But you expect me to show up and show up. Ain't no showing out until you decide that I am valuable enough for you to spend time with me. Let's go back to the verse 19. Let's go to verse 19. Let's land the ship. Verse 19. Here's what it says. He simply says he wants you to know Christ, which surpasses all, which surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled up to all full, the fullness of God. This is why he says verse 20. Now go to verse 20. Because he wants you to be filled up with all the fullness of God, go to verse 20. Now he says, now unto him who is able. That's the one who can help you pull this off. He says, that's how we're going to pull this off. If you don't, then you can't get there. Uh, um, every year our church goes to, every year our church goes to um, Jamaica, our leadership team, about 12 of us, goes to Jamaica for a retreat. And because I'm cheap, everybody got to pay their way to get there. <laughs> And then, because I'm cheap, um, I got a really nice place, but I know the people, so they give me a hookup, and they give me the, the Jamaican rate with the Jamaican discount. <laughs> Anyways, 
So every year we do this. So I have a relationship with them. I've spent, I've spent time with them. We have had a, an intimate relationship because of how much resources we have provided over the years. We have a relationship. So on this, this is last year, this occasion we wanted two people to go before we did to prepare the whole way, and then we were coming the next day. But the problem was they didn't have any room. So they didn't have any room, so I said, I know, but they'll find some. Just go and go to this place. They'll find some. I just promise you, I'm gonna, I just know they will, so just go. So they go, two um, um, Anglo people on our staff, <laughs> going to a predominantly <clears throat> black country that sometimes is not safe. So they go to the place, and they said, hey, man, yeah, we're here, and our whole team's coming tomorrow, but we just wanted to come a day early. They said, I mean, thanks for coming. I was so kind of you. We have no room. So I said, they call me. That's what we don't have room. What should we do? I said, just go back to her again and say, hey, um, no, we've been here enough. You, you can find a room, because I know how it goes in that industry. You know, they have some rooms they really don't want to fix up yet. I said, they can stay in that overnight. It's one night, not a big deal. So then God said, no. And then, so, then, so then I said, let me talk to her. So then I... That's when you have to speak patois. You got, you got to let him know. You ain't dealing with an American, okay? I claim Jamaican when I'm in Jamaica, and I claim American. When I'm, I mean. So I said, hey, 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 walk well, on. Listen to me, lady. Listen, 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 listen to me, lady. We need to get him out of my room and go on. Don't worry, don't worry. We'll put the, we'll put the interpretation down the bottom of the screen, okay? Come on, I gotta go. Um, so anyway, she called and she said, she said, she said, and then she starts talking American. Excuse me, sir. I clearly articulated to the two ladies there that we had no room. So then I spoke Jamaican back to her. Can I speak to the managing director, please? That's why you have to pull rank sometimes. So then she says, then her, all of a sudden her, her, her language changed. She says, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, Dr. Edwards. I will, I will, I will. Oh, so you only be nice when I, have to, when I know the director, huh? Okay. Cool. Anyways, long story short. So then Derek came out and said, hey, you know what? We have some people. Could you please help them out? And then she says, yeah, let me check and I'll call you back. <clears throat> so she checked and she came back and said, you know what? We really don't have any. So I called her name. I said, hey, uh, you, you, you know, I cannot have these two ladies go somewhere else. We have a relationship here. I come here every year. Sometimes two times a year. I bring my parents here. You, we, uh, uh, I know you can figure something out. I said, call me back in two minutes and tell me where you're going to put them. <laughs> this is a true story. <clears throat> Homegirl called me back in about two minutes. You know what, Dr. Edwards? We found the place. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we found a place. I said, oh, that's so kind. Yeah, I said, you know what? We're doing something we, we usually don't do, but, you know, because of the relationship we'll do. Yeah, we're putting them up in our penthouse. So now I got mad. I said, I ain't never been in no penthouse before. I don't even know what a penthouse is. And they, they going to them penthouse? I didn't hold that in. That came out. Let me make it clear. When you have a relationship, it creates capacity. And that capacity make them do stuff they ain't never done before. All I'm trying to share with you about God today is you've got a God that loves you so much, he craves spending time with you. And he says, the more intimate we are, the tighter we are, then the more I can do things you can eat, not even think of or imagine in your life. But it has to do with you demonstrating the love of God to others. Can I get a witness one?
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, will you, will you please help us to go out of this place and display the fullness of God in our lives. I pray that you'll empower every last one of us, not just to be mere Christians, but to be Christians that demonstrate, that show off, not, not who we are, but who you are for your glory and for your honor. I pray that you'll increase our capacity so when one person drains us and the next person drains us, we will be so, so deeply in love with you that what oozes out of us every single time is the pure manifestation of the love of God. Will you show this world through the church what it looks like when we love a dark and lonely place? In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said... Come on.